Hello, everyone. Welcome to the No Shot Clock Podcast. You are listening to our 50th episode. So that's quite the milestone for us. And we thank all of you for listening each week over the last, well, I think it's, geez, th- three years? Yeah, this is uh, the third, yeah. third year, uh, two and a half years in. I'm Joe Henriksen of the City Suburban Hoops Report. And with me, as always, is Michael O'Brien of the Chicago Sun-Times. And we have been... Out and about uh, a lot over the last week, and as usual, it's the busiest time of really the high school basketball season, Mike, and we got a big 50th episode with a look back at what kind of transpired over the course of the last week in holiday tournaments across the state. Yeah, Joe and I are going to start, well, I guess we'll start off with the listener questions. We got a good batch in here, but we didn't actually have time to do a lot of homework on them, so <laughs> apologize in advance for that. We'll we'll do our best. Then we're going to hit, we're, we're going to do our two takes, um, two takes from each of us on each of the big holiday tournaments, kind of the big, the five big ones. Then we'll hit all the other one. well not all of them, we'll kind of a grab bag of what we wanted to talk about with the rest of them. So let's start up this 50th episode with the uh, first ever No Shot Clock listener question that made me chuckle. Um, this is from Tim Roosh, or Rushi, I know I'm doing this wrong, he asked a question, if you guys remember, I think two episodes ago? He says, what's up guys, I'm back with the Stevenson hype. Just kidding. <laughs> so, uh, you, everybody probably remember, that was kind of harsh on Stevenson, and they really didn't prove me wrong. Um, but Tim seems to be done with Stevenson. He says, Simeon wins Pontiac, Whitney Young wins Proviso West, West, does this make them the class of not only the city, but 4A now? Also, who would you guys say are your top five or three for Mr. Basketball finalists right now? Uh, we'll start with, though, uh, I guess he goes into, uh, I've heard a lot about Mark Smith and Edwardsville. No Jelly Eastern doesn't consistently put up 20-point performances. Simeon seems to be more of a team than a one-man show. Young's Lucas Williamson seems like he's a dog, averaging 20 and 10 consistently. And, of course, I have to put Justin Smith up there. In his team's wins, he's averaging upwards of 20 and 10. In two losses, his performance dips. I'm assuming he means uh, like a bad dog, not a dog like a lazy dog. Yeah, but, yeah. He, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm going to actually talk a little bit about you know a couple of these things in my takes of how they determines Mike. But yeah, I mean, I do believe Simeon Whitney Young have distanced themselves from the rest of the pack with their performance over the holidays um, to answer that first question of his. Yeah, I, everybody's probably saw the rankings by now. I, I think you have to have Evanston and Kenwood ahead of them. Um, Kenwood beat Young. I'm, I'm not going to discount that. They even beat Young when Young had Justin Boyd, um, which they did But I will beat. say, Mike, again, I've written about this. i talked about this. Kenwood had four games under their belt, and if you don't think that's a big difference, that is huge. I mean, four games, Whitney Young's opener. We saw Javon Freeman, some of these guys, bright lights, first game. What I saw at Whitney Young was nowhere comparable to what I saw, or at Proviso West, what I saw that opening night. Uh, but, yeah, Kenwood did beat, you know, Whitney Young that night. Um, I know a lot of people don't, well, I think, I don't know, your take on out-of-state opponents. Penn, Kenwood does have three double-digit losses out of the state, um, including one by 27 points. So, you know, I, I still think Young. I think Kenwood has more to prove still than than Young, even though that opening night win, take that away from him. I don't want to take that away from them, but I think that is a big factor when you have four games that you've played. Oh, no doubt. But, I mean, there's always a factor in everybody's win and loss. Um, Evanston, 
big argument raging or I guess discussion raging on the uh, comment section under the Super 25 about Bolingbrook against Evanston, especially kind of those those two matching up. Evanston in the beach ball, they reached the semi, they they reached the championship and lost, which is the same um, accomplishment that Whitney Young did when Jalil Okafor was there to kind of give you guys an idea of how difficult that is and what level of a, a team that might mean you are. So I think that's pretty impressive. A lot of people are still upset about, you know, like you mentioned, the big loss for Kenwood. Evanston has that massive loss to Montverde, but we've kind of discussed yeah. how that that one. Yeah. As far as the player of the year or Mr. Basketball, um, I mean, Mike, I just really believe Mr. Basketball is going to come down to a the Mark Smith situation at Edwardsville and what is happening down there. He, those are, don't aren't familiar with this kid. He he's a six foot four guard who is putting up huge numbers and leading Edwardsville, which is going to be a highly ranked four A team all year long that could play in a super sectional in March against if all things go according to plan. Simeon, but he has now beaten. All right, he's now scored 37 points and 33 points in two matchups head-to-head with Jordan Goodwin of Belleville-Altoff, who is, by all accounts, probably the favorite for the State Player of the Year's awards and Mr. Basketball Awards. So I think Mark Smith and, and, and Jordan Goodwin are clearly two guys that have put themselves up pretty far up on that list um, with Mr. Basketball is concerned. Where Lucas Williamson here in Whitney Young, I, you know, the uh, the question was about Lucas Williamson a little bit there. I, I think he's, I mean, Mike and I have had this discussion. I, player of the year in the Chicago area, whew, I mean, it's it's completely up for grabs. I don't know, Mike, if you agree, if it's as up for grabs as we've ever seen it. Not just, sometimes up for grabs like two or three people. I don't know who... I mean, you could list a bunch of players and have a, a, an argument right now, I think, as we're at the midway point. Yeah, I think it's not even up for grabs. It's basically laying on the floor, and no one wants to pick it up. <laughs> it's how I would uh, term it. It's not exactly like everyone is, uh, you know, challenging for it. It's Lucas Williamson and a lot of, I'm not really sure, after that. Um, yeah, I mean, he did 25 and a big semifinal win against Fenwick, and then followed up with 27 in a Proviso West championship game. So he, you know, he is certainly, you know, it's just far, he comes from so far. I had a story at the beginning of the year. Um, I can't remember how many guys I listed, six or seven or eight guys for player of the year or Mr. Bat. I, I mean, Lucas Williamson didn't even sniff my initial list. And here we are talking about him in January second as you know maybe the favorite right now or, or the guy to beat but yeah that's uh, it's a long way to go the uh, mr basketball though that thing's done i mean jordan goodwin's gonna win that award that's the least unpredictable award ever and i disagree i think i i think i still think he's gonna win it but this whole mark smith hoopla is is sweeping the state i mean now he's got his illinois offer he's got i mean Kansas State, more high majors are coming in. Half the voters uh, don't even know who he is, let's be honest. Oh, I, well, I, I would like to see the voters differential from south of I-80 versus yeah, but north a, a, of Around I-80. here, the athletic directors and coaches that are voting do not have a big knowledge of Mark Smith, if any. Well, we'll just see. If Edwardsville, I mean, we'll see, Mike. I, I just think the numbers, the season he's had, how good Edwardsville is, and well, the other thing is, I just never know when people cast their their votes. 
because the deadline for the award is when? Isn't it's, it after the state tournament? Yeah, you can, but you can vote before it. The ballot, it's come out at different times lately. Um, yeah. But, yeah, you could vote either way. Uh, I mean, I thought I was as done as could be. Um, but, geez, he just beat Altoff. He just beat him up with 33 points. I mean, it's pretty impressive. But the award it doesn't even, isn't even based on this season usually. It's usually based on last season. Yeah, it is. You're talking Now you're talking like McDonald's All-American nominations. You're ta- No way. Yeah, they totally, and... they totally base it on this season. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I've, n- I've never years. felt you, that you're way. sleepy through New Year's now. Yeah. It, it's never up for grabs. The, when is the last time someone won that award that wasn't the preseason favorite? Uh, I, I mean, Boltwright and Chase and Randall were they preseason favorites? I don't think either one of them were. Randall wasn't. Boatwright might have been in the conversation. Who? But who was the favorite then? Blackshear. I mean, Wayne Blackshear was clearly the favorite. Yeah, uh, Blackshear and Boatwright were. I mean, going into that year, we knew that was going to be a battle. Um, well, I'm just saying. I mean, but they, yeah, they, Ran- they Randall. They the Randall is definitely. Yeah, I would definitely. I would accept that answer. Jason yeah, Randall I, is the last. That's time. starting from 2011. Then we yeah. keep. I mean, Brunson. Like your Jordan Goodwin assumption was my assumption with Jalen Brunson. I mean, that was to me anyway. Yeah. That's very similar. Yeah. He's been at the state tournament so many times that it's, uh, we, uh, spent seven minutes already on the one question. So we're we could have a record breaking podcast of, of, of length right here. That means you're ready for the next one. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Um, Patrick Devitt says, which holiday tournament produced the biggest surprise from an individual, but also a team standpoint? What individual players or teams exceeded expectations, while conversely, what players or teams struggled to produce expected results? I think we're going to hit on kind of all of that. Yeah, a couple of those are already in my takes for the tournaments, yes. Yeah, um, but one thing I think we can address is, uh, now that the holiday tournament season has passed us, have you found any sleeper teams not currently in the top 25 that could make noise down the stretch? I would say definitely. Uh, Larkin, I think, is one uh, that's not in the top 25 that played well. Westinghouse has maybe the most impressive set of losses you've ever seen, and they had a really nice in the deal. I think they're, they're a nice sleeper team that's not in the Super 25. Um, those are my two off the top of my head. Well, I mean, there's like the Paul Prep's going to make noise uh, because they're two-way, and they are going to be up and down all year long because they're so young. But they've got talent. I mean, they're they're not going to challenge for a Catholic League title. Um, but again, I mean, your other omissions from the top twenty-five is this is one week because of the craziness. I have not looked at your your updated top twenty-five, um, so I'm not quite sure who's in the bottom end or who didn't quite. Who Saint, who are the uh, ones that w- people would be crying for? St. Pat's didn't make it. Oh, Nina, I got look at your yeah. They're definitely. They don't I mean, have. I they don't see them. They don't I, have. I, yeah, that, they're one of something I wanted to talk about in the thing because everybody keeps telling me that. But if you look at their resume, it's they don't deserve it. Yeah, we'll get to that when we get to York. Yeah, I mean, there's there's no win there. Their best well, win well, is Wheaton North, and then they got killed by Conan. So yeah, they're a tough one to put in. But I think they'd be a sleeper. Uh, Marion Catholic dropped out. They're one that's not in. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think. Of yeah, St. Pat's is else. definitely what we mind, but we'll talk more about them in the in uh, the next segment. Um, and uh, finally, which teams and players outside of the Chicagoland area impressed you the most during the holiday tournaments? Outside the Chicagoland area? Yeah. 
Uh, for sure, no question about it, Kendall Moore from Danville. Yeah. Uh, he had a, you know, sometimes you hear about performances and you're impressed. Sometimes you see them in person. I was fortunate to be there for Danville's upset win over Curie. And that was, you know, Kendall Moore is a player from Danville as a six foot, uh, slender six foot jet quick guard junior class who he's been on the radar. He's among the top 15, 20 prospects in the class. But he was pretty special. Uh, one of the best, you know, might have been the best performance individually that I saw uh, over the course of the holidays tournaments. He had 30, was it 37, Mike, against 30, Curie? 36. 36 points against Curie. Did it in a lot of different ways. But what stood out to me was Curie kept coming at him. He was composed. Uh, he didn't force things. His body language was terrific. He wasn't, you know, celebrating. He wasn't getting down. He He just... Calm, cool, and he was just a sniper hitting threes. He, he was a special performer in, in, at Pontiac in that game. Yeah, no doubt about that. And I think they're the team, to me, that they don't have any seniors. Not on the roster, not one. And they're going to be definitely a threat this year in the playoffs. Next year, they might be one of the best teams in the state. Yeah, they're, they're, they're very dangerous. they got a good-looking 6'5", junior ones. I, 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 uh, they were impressive. Um the other one for me, the only other one I really would say, I mean, Chris Payton was good for Bloomington, but somebody I didn't know about was Nishan Brooks from Peoria Manual. He's a, mm-hmm. a senior. He played very well. That was the other kind of standout out-of-the-area guy at Pontiac. Yeah, and Payton is a 6'6 sophomore. He's just, that's the thing that people forget, too, is he is just a sophomore at Bloomington. He's one of the top 10 prospects in that class of 2019. Has a lot of buzz as far as from college coaches. Kind of figuring out what his true position is. If he's going to be undersized four or what he's going to be. But he's definitely got a bright, bright future for Bloomington. All right. Next up, uh, questions from Eric Van Drill from thepublicleague.com. Um, oh, you know, we, we hit this. It's what is your top three in the player of the year race statewide and in Chicago? Um, I guess we didn't give a – you didn't give a third. Would your third be Goodwin? Uh, for player not, of the Sorry, year. not Goodwin. Would your third be um, – Williamson? Ah uh, no, geez, I'm totally. Um, I probably go. Tillman. I probably go. No, I go Goodwin, Mark Smith, Lucas, Lucas Williamson. I mean, I, and in the Chicago area, I think Lucas. I mean, I think with. I know we didn't see it, but you know who put up numbers over the holidays? No Jill. Yeah. He put up numbers. No yeah. Jill Eastern Evanston, Nana Ockington, um, uh, Bolingbroke. Bolingbrook is another one. I mean, again, this could go a number of ways between now and, I mean, it's hard to even label favorites, like you said. I think Ayo Dosumu, his chances took a hit with with that Morgan Park loss, and, you know, he didn't have have just two points in that? Uh, No, he had like eight, but he had, you know, basically four. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, he had two and then four and then four at the very end that, that anyway, hurt. but and Elijah Joyner, yeah, Curie, his, yeah, that that took a hit. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's 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 kind of like the season with the teams. Uh, I know, you know, a couple of teams have stepped up here, but again, it's pretty balanced out there. Uh, next up is from Scott Young. Another one about the holiday tournaments: who are the winners and losers? Who are the teams that stepped up? We'll hit that one. Um, 
And then he says, what players shall we say announce their presence with authority? I know one Joe will mention because I was at the game where we saw an incredible effort in Pontiac. So, yeah, obviously Kendall Moore. You know, I'm struggling for other really big games. Um, well, Tavion Kirk had a great game and then followed it up with the not very good one. I, I'm going to take I'm going to take one of my takes from Proviso West and have a replacement one. I'll come up with one because it, it, it fits this question. Jalen Shaw from Larkin. This is a six foot eight, six nine junior who I saw extensively last year. I saw him this summer, both with Larkin AAU. He played in fall leagues. I mean, what he did at Proviso West was eye opening, and he was just awesome against Uplift in a losing defeat, scoring it in a variety of ways. We're talking about a 6'8", 6'9", kid here. Scored it in multiple ways. He had 27 points in that loss to Uplift. You know, I, I I don't know where I had him ranked, Mike, in among the top juniors, but I know he didn't sniff the top 15, top 20. And, I mean, not even close going into the high school season, probably 30s or something. I mean, he is bona fide, no doubt about it, top 20, probably a top 15 kid in this class based on what I saw at Proviso West. And I, I don't know if it was just a, the, the natural progression of, of a big and, and they just kind of poof, they're there and, and they flourish. But, I mean, he was going with his back to the basket. He was dunking on people, running the floor, hitting a face-up jumper. You know, I, I've had a number of college coaches too uh, intrigued by him because they can't find six, eight, six, nine kids anywhere, and now all of a sudden you got this junior who's kind of popping up. So he's the one kid that really, you know, I mean, not a 35, 40 point performance that we've seen a lot of times, but uh, one that just really opened my eyes as a prospect going forward. Yeah, there I saw him against St. Joseph, and he was tremendous. I think he had five blocks in that game as well, and he had like 16 and 12, which is basically like a 30-point game uh, for a big man, especially with those kind of blocks. Yeah, I, I totally agree. He was someone I kept having Larkin people tell me to come out and see him, so apparently he's been like this since at least the start of the high school season. There are a lot of people excited. I also thought that Anthony Lynch played really, really well for them, at least in that game. And yes, he was, and much improved from yeah, what I've, yeah. Totally, yeah. Sophomore year when I saw him, I didn't walk away very impressed, but he, he was he was spectacular in the game I saw. I think he had 21. It's just, obviously, it's a shame that Christian Negron got hurt, but boy, they, they would have had a lot around him. Oh, the other thing I should say about Jalen Shaw, I was talking to Christian Negron about Shaw after the game, and he said they think he might grow a few more inches, um, which, well, can you imagine that? <laughs> that would be oh, something yeah. else. And, yeah, I, I did think of another performance off the radar performance. Uh, Marquise Kennedy from Crete Monee. He's a long six one sophomore guard. I watched the Crete Monee DePaul prep game, and he was really. I mean, Dwayne Rose and McKennedy. Had, I think they had twenty six, or he had twenty eight and twenty six. They both had, you know, high twenties, and he was he was really impressive and. Just kind of a new name on the scene in, in that sophomore class. Marquise Kennedy from um, Crete Money. Nice. All right. Let's uh, done with that question. Let's move on to the no, oh, the next one. Rennell Chapman. This one came in like at one o'clock. We didn't have enough time to really 
do enough research. Um, congrats on 50 episodes, Rennell says. Thanks. He says, on a neutral court in the holiday tournaments last week, I saw possible previews for a few state playoff matchups that we've traditionally seen take place over the last three to four years. For example, Hillcrest versus Morgan Park, Simeon versus Bennett, Bloom versus Simeon, possibly in Thornwood sectional, etc. I know it's still fairly early in the season, but along with any other games I failed to mention, what matchups do you see repeating themselves in March that took place last week? And do we think they'd come out any differently? Yeah, I I didn't do homework on that one. So. Yeah, it's uh, I mean, Simeon Bennett, Bennett. Clo- I mean that you know it was the state semi last year, so it would be difficult to have, match up. It again. would have to be a have to happen in Peoria again. Exactly. Uh, yeah. So I don't know if that'll happen. Um, uh, Bloom yeah, versus just... Simeon. Yeah, that Bloom versus Simeon could definitely happen. Like he said in the Thornwood sectional. Bloom didn't play as well as they did in some of the other games in that one, but uh, yeah, it's hard to see Bloom beating Simeon. I think. What about? Wait a minute. What sectional? Oh no, I was thinking Wheaton South, Joliet Central, but I think they're in opposite sectionals. Yeah, yeah. They Wheaton are. South goes um, to Hinsdale, and I think Joliet Central goes to Lincoln Way East. So uh, sorry, Rennell, for that. We didn't really have time. And who would make my your own Pontiac All Tournament first and second team? Um, the Pontiac actual first team, it was Kendall Moore from Danville, Jack Nolan from Bennett, Evan Gilliard from Simeon, Talon Horton Tucker from Simeon, and Tavion Kirk from Joliet West. Uh, to me, the only, it was a big omission. Uh, Messiah Jones should have been on that list. He was Simeon's best player until the title game. He didn't have a great title game, but he was clearly their best player. For so would you have gone three Simeon players or just taking Talon Horton Tucker off? Or, you know, or That's a tough one. Gilliard didn't really have the numbers until the title game. See, but, Kirk wouldn't have been on my first team. See, he had that one. He had maybe the best perform, the second best performance of the event. So I think that helped him get on it. Um, yeah. Overall, that, that, that loss. Oof. Yeah, but Messiah Jones, he was just terrific. I mean, he was getting yeah. twenty points in twelve. Oh, I, yeah, he he should be. He was a double double guy the entire tournament. Um, but uh, so yeah, I guess I'd be overall fine with it. Second team. For, that was voted on was Nishan Brooks from Manuel, who we mentioned, Elijah Joyner from Curie, Messiah Jones, Chris Payton from Bloomington, and Austin Ritchie from Bloom. Uh, Elijah Joyner would not have made mine for sure. Um, he did not have a great tournament. But other than that, I'm not sure. You know, they go with some there's con- some consolation guys played well, but there's nobody else, I-, I think, that really got left off at that point. Yeah, and... Holiday tournament, all tournament across the state. I'm still going through everything now, actually. Um, yeah, trying to kind of come up with that. Yeah. Um, all right. So thanks for the questions, everybody. Let's get into this holiday tournament review. Starting out with Proviso West. Uh, Joe already did the one take on. I guess we both did it. I, that, I got a replacement take. Okay. I got a replacement take. Um, I'm going to go with, even though they finished third. And sometimes that consolation game's kind of forgotten that third place game. But uplift, uh, I mean, they are they are explosive offensively, and I just see that th- there's the potential to be a dominant class two A team. I mean, I, I, we already expected them to be a two A power and a state talent, but they could. I don't know. I mean, they could run away with two A. I really believe that. Uh, just because they are going to be so much more potent offensively so much more athletic than 
majority of the teams they play, they'll run into, uh, I think, Orr in the, in the sectional and DePaul Prep. But, you know, you, you get outside of the Chicago area, and that that athleticism, speed, and offensive potency sometimes can really take over. And I just think Demarius Jacobs was sensational at Proviso West. Marquise Jacobs, the kid going to Kansas, he's a sophomore. Uh, Taraz, Taraz Dobbs is is – Kind of an unsung, underrated player in the public league. But I just come away from there, Mike, as uplift, a strong showing. I mean, go three and one. You beat a, you know, a really good, well-coached Fenwick team. That third-place game sometimes they're not as up, but uh, that's a big win for them and a, and a great showing for a two-way school. Yeah, definitely. I think they're gonna have their hands full with Orr. I mean, Orr almost beat Young at Young. I think they're underrated by a lot of people around. Yeah, yeah you're, um, you're right. That'll be. Yeah, I'm yeah. all in on Orr. It took a while. I had to see them a few times to kind of really – that happens a lot <laughs> with Orr teams. But, yeah, Orr Uplift, that's just going to be a fantastic uh, early And real quick game. to get my other other take out of the way and we can hit yours. But my other one is just leaving, watching Whitney Young, like just how good Young might be because I say that because you and I both agree probably going into – you know, 10 days ago, we would have said Justin Boyd was Young's second best, most efficient player behind Lucas Williamson. He's been out. Uh, Jake Kosakowski has been out. I mean, Boyd's a starter. Kosakowski, a, a, a key guy at 6'5". And Xavier Castaneda was sensational at Proviso West. He was the, the guy that I've raved about. And he's battled injuries really for a year, up and down, in and out of the lineup, sitting out stretches here, a month here, a week here. And Xavier Castaneda was everything you would want in a dynamic playmaking point guard as far as setting the table. He had 16 or 17 assists in the two games in the semifinals and final. So my point is, I, I, I think we both said this a while ago as far as Whitney Young and Young getting better and better. And I think we're seeing that Javon Freeman looks better. I just they got a lot of options, and I, I just I wonder how good young Whitney Young can be between now and still until the city playoffs and come state tournament time. Yeah, I totally agreed. Yeah, Castaneda, the last few games that I saw was tremendous. Nice to see, it, it's just been it's nice to see Young kind of come into form like that. And yeah, with Boyd, they're gonna be. A force, but man, that Red West is going to be tough. There's going to be some great games. I'm really yes. looking forward to that starting up. Um, my first take was going to be the, uh, I'm going to have to replace it too. It was also the um, Larkin stuff. But second one for me that I had pre-planned at least was Bogan. I mean, I, I don't even know. It's a different guy leads Bogan in scoring pretty much in every game. Starting lineups change, but they have a lot of talent. I mean, they have a, a team that I think could really not win the city, but definitely challenge for Final Four. I think they're going to be a load, maybe, for Morgan Park and Simeon that second time around. Jerome Bynum really? adds a lot to that team. You got a lot of Bogan love, man. Yeah, they just, I like. They're just so young. They're so inconsistent. Some games, you know, they look tremendous, like they did against Morgan Park. And some bad scores too. Yeah, and then some days they just totally drop it because it's basically all sophomores. You know, with a couple of freshmen. But yeah, I, I just really like the mix. I really like Rashawn Agee. You know, he, he's a tough big man. But no, they're super inconsistent. Uh, I, but I just think that they're so young that by February, I, I'm expecting maybe some big things from Bogan. Um, my second. What, they, what, what was that? What did they do in that game against Fenwick? 
Uh, they you lost know? pretty bad. Yeah, right. it, it was really bad. I just worry that they the the teams they. Do you know what I mean? The, the, the really good teams they've played have throttled them, a lot of them. Yeah, except for Morgan yeah, Park, that, but that was at Bogan. So, right. um, yeah, yeah, no, they're definitely oh, 77 up and, to 46. Yeah, they're they're up and down. That's why they're really interesting, because you would not think, based on their record and the scores. Then they see the other thing, is they, beat, good. they beat a down Lincoln Way West team, uh, average New Trier team. And then beat Larkin. So, all right, fifth place, three yeah, I mean, wins. Nutria gave Young a nice game. I was kind of surprised yeah. by that one. Yeah. Um, that, that was not a, not expected. Oh, yeah, the Simeon loss, I think, might have been, like, by 32. Um, that was at Simeon. Yeah, they're definitely far from the finished product, but they're a very interesting squad. Um, next up for me out of Proviso West would be kind of a depressing one. I mean – they were my pick. I thought maybe they'd turn it around and make a bit of a run, St. Joseph, but Ooh. I'm not sure I've seen a team implode so horribly in a game. Just, I mean, it was just, everything was bad. The body language, just, yeah, this group's in trouble. I mean, I don't, it's hard to see any way this turns around. I, I'm starting to wonder if Gene Pingator is going to get his 1,000th win this season. Doesn't well, he? I, and I don't, I, I think, I mean, I think some of the talent now is overrated, um, to be honest with you. They, they shouldn't be getting – well, we shouldn't see what we're seeing, I don't think. But some of the individual pieces aren't quite as good as I think a lot of people – I mean, they, they they barely squeezed out a win against Proviso West in overtime, and then they got – They lost East. Then they got yeah. Proviso East. So they went one and two, and it, it definitely struggling, and – I mean, and they got they're bumped up to four A. Yeah, and they need what nine or ten more wins for Pingator to get his one thousandth. I think didn't yeah, he have to was, have fourteen? Was it fourteen? I yeah, think yeah. They're at like five now. So <laughs> I would have never if if you'd have told me at the beginning of the year that we'd be saying he wouldn't get get it this year. Yeah, that he might. Not, that's crazy. Yeah, I mean, I, I haven't looked at their schedule, but yeah, it's it's not the slam dunk we thought it was. No, um, that's for sure. All right, let's move on to Pontiac. You can uh, start us off, Joe. I'm a, this is a perfect segue for me to start off because I'm coming right at you here with my one team in the state I'm most concerned with in terms of matching high expectations. It just might be Joliet West. Um, I, 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 this is, I, I still think they're a legitimate top 10 team. I think they're talented, athletic. They're 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 they're. I just I my concerns going into the season are somewhat still the same with Joliet West. Uh, as far as that consistent scoring, I mean they don't really have a just this guy that's going to go get you buckets when you need them desperately need them. And you know they've got good players, they've got good Division One talent. They they don't have a consistent knockdown shooter. They'll get hot, but. I say all this, but then I think about their sectional, and they're going to be fine in their sectional. But you know, I I just had hopes of of this team emerging and becoming not just a sectional title, kind of what you said. I mean, you kind of mentioned this in the past. You know, this team has hopes of getting to Peoria, playing in Peoria for it all. And of all the top teams that I think are in that contender with that contender label. I came away from Pontiac in their big test in that game, 
well, they didn't even get to the, the big test that I wanted to see them get to, and they got upset, you know, uh, leading up to that. So that's my one take with, with, with your boys and Julia. Not that they can't get to Peoria, not that they can't have a 24 and two or type season, but can they win a state championship as they are right now? And I, I don't think they can. They, I mean, to answer some of that, I think I'm not worried at all about their offense. Um, they, they plenty of ways to score. If anything, Michael Smith really has become, they do now have a consistent three point threat. And for some reason he doesn't always play in the first half. There might be some discipline issues. I'm not sure, but he can really shoot it. He was four or seven in the bloom game. He had a really he scored 20 something in the next game. So I think that'll help if he can stay in the regular rotation as a solid three-point shooter. But they're not going anywhere if they don't hit free throws. They lost that but, Bloom game by four points, and they missed 15 free throws. If we go back, I wish we had the, I wish we had a um, a producer that could pull up our pos, pad, pos, podcast and play something for him. Because do you remember what you said going into the in our preview of the holiday tournaments? Oh, yeah. They had to beat Simeon. Or had to beat yeah. Simeon. Or at least lose to him by... You know, one or two stuff. yeah no it was an utter <laughs> didn't, failure didn't, yeah my thing is just not getting there i mean st- you wanted them to step up against the state's elite on a huge stage and get it done and i did you know i i wasn't putting it as a the most to prove that i think that was the, the segment you had Juliet west had the most to prove and i just think geez they just stubbed their toe against a, a good bloom team it's not like brooms bad uh they're pretty talented but Julia West got to beat Bloom in that game. And to, to kind of to validate what you said, to show me that they are ready to play with the state's elite. And that didn't happen. Um, and again, I'm saying it, I'm not saying it can't happen. I'm just saying right now, as of January 2nd, of all the t- top teams that I really think are state title contenders, Julia West is just, you know, probably the one that I, I still. I mean, I could see him getting to Peoria, but I still can't see them winning it all right now as it is. No, that's one of the things Pontiac has in common with the state tournament. You have to hit your free throws. You're going to be hitting, getting plenty of them, and you can't. It was pathetic. 15 free throws. Yeah, I dumped him down to number 12. I don't know if you. I guess you didn't see the rankings. Yeah, it's it was an utter failure. There's no way around it. I know the kids and the coaching staff. You know, tried to look at that win over. They beat Curie and Oak Park on the last day, but mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't really care a whole lot about. I mean, it's, it's, it's show me they bounce back action. and play. I, I yeah. like to see teams at least, you know, I mean, rise to the occasion when they don't necessarily yeah. always have to or not the most motivation to do so. I, I like that about it. I really, I was actually keeping an eye on to see how they did once they got that 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 stunner in the in the second round. Uh, and then, real quick, my second take is. We talked a lot about this already, Simeon, but I, you know, I think it's clear at this midway point in the season that we have our our clear city favorite, our our state's top team right now, and, and that could change. But but Simeon winning at Pontiac, they've beaten Young, they've gone on the road, won at Morgan Park, they've got what I know you love and everybody loves quality, solid guard play, and then you got these 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 studs on the glass. Um, and Madison Lowry, who has become one of my favorite role players, he's just a six, what is he, six three, six four, maybe six three, interior guy who just does everything you ask him to, do. dirty work, defend, get on the floor, rebound, and then beside, what you mentioned, Messiah Jones, just being 
who's a six foot five kid. We could, we talked about them not having much size, but those guys both play way bigger than they are. So I just think that nice mix, and they're getting some depth a little bit later with the return of um, why can't my mind's blank uh, transferred back Bakari. Oh, Bakari uh, Simmons, so, yeah. So. You know, I, I just think Simeon is, is is the best team in the state of Illinois, and they've proven it. And you know, there was a lot of questions going into the season who was number one. Not I mean, we gave Curie the, the nod, but uh, you know, there wasn't that clear cut. I, right now, I think Simeon's the best, and and they've proven it. Yeah, totally agree. Odd though, I did point out on Twitter, they really didn't have a rough road through Pontiac. They didn't have to beat another top four seed to win the thing. The way things went out, you know, they ended mm-hmm. up with Plainfield North, Oak Park, Bloom, and. Bennett, um, good teams, but not exactly the murderer's row we expected was going to be necessary to win this uh, tournament. Right. By the way, they're up to number four in Max Prep's national rankings, if those uh, mean anything to you. Um, my uh, take, top take, without a doubt, uh, number one take from Pontiac after sitting there for three days, Jack Nolan of Bennett was just tremendous. He was absolutely sensational in every game, including the last game when Simeon pulled the box and won, had a couple guys on him. They just Simeon's entire game plan was to deny Nolan the ball, and it worked for about three quarters. Then Jack Nolan, got, I think he had seven points in the third, but then he got loose a little bit in that fourth quarter, managed to score, I think, 20 in the game, hit just so many big shots. He is that guy, you know, he's, I think he's better than Colin Bonnet, but like Colin Bonnet was a couple years ago, that when he can kind of bring everything together for that Bennett system and the way they play, when they've got that special player, it kind of puts them into the next level. When they're shooting well, they look great. When they're not, yeah, they're not. Jack Nolan is a – it's funny. I put a tweet out about Jack Nolan being one of the best-kept secrets in the state, and I got kind of hit by a few people, including some Division three college coaches. How is he a – first of all, like, there's a not, – not everybody lives in the um, – <laughs> The basketball world that that some of us live in, as far as knowing everything and everybody. But I mean, if you ask who Jack Nolan is across the state, nobody knows who Jack Nolan is. And you know, the Division three coaches hate it when myself or you know whoever pumps up these kids because they would desperately want these kids to stay at that level. Uh, even a couple of fans, you know, tweeted to me. You know, Jack Nolan's hardly a best kept secret. Well, yeah, he is because nobody. We, we just went through a segment <laughs> to talk player of the year, and not. I'm not saying he's the player of the year, but I mean we didn't even mention him, and he was clearly one of the best players, if not the best performer at the best holiday tournament in the state of Illinois. So he's a unique. He he is in recruiting terms one of the hottest, and, and this goes back to June. When I, when I watch Bennett play and, and summer shootouts when college coaches can be out, one of the hottest Division three priority recruits that I've seen in, in probably a few years. I mean, oh, nice. Uh, right. it, it, it's just – I go back to Luke Scar – or the Scarlata kid at um, Morton. Um, when he went through his proviso, everybody's hoping and praying he stayed Division three, And, you know, that that's where Nolan is right now, trying to play himself up into like an Ivy League situation or something like that. And who knows? He's 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 small. I mean, he, and, and as far as college coaches looking at him, but yeah, he he was he's terrific and gonna have a huge monster senior season. Next uh, take for me on Pontiac. It's kind of interesting because we haven't mentioned him yet in this podcast, but he is the leader, clear leader of the best team in the state. Evan Gilliard. 
you know, he's not putting up these big numbers, not even big assist numbers, but when you watch the game, it's just very clear what he does for that team, how he brings everything together like a point guard should, and more importantly, he is a star that isn't obsessed with being a star. He's not forcing things at all. He's happy to get everybody involved, but when they need him, he's there to step up, to get the crucial basket, to hit the crucial free throws. He's really, he is the reason this team of, even with all the other guards, he's the, the entire glue and the reason all of this is happening. A lot of it is his unselfishness and all of it is his leadership. It's really underrated. We're not talking about him for player of the year because he doesn't really have the statistics, but there's definitely not a more important player on a team. He's been forgotten a numerous times. <laughs> I mean, he was forgotten recruiting for sure. I mean, this is a kid who was sitting there in August with not a lot going. It was crazy, Mike, how little he had going uh, recruiting-wise. It was just nuts. And the schools that were recruiting him were like, Joe, what? Why isn't it, what's going on? And, you know, he was forgotten this summer. He was overlooked, I think, even to a point last, last season, even though I know you and I both talked a lot about him. He was going to be my breakout player going into his junior year because I saw that big jump he made you know prior to his last season so I, I think that's kind of been the the chip on the shoulder that he plays with because um he has kind of been the forgotten man yeah no doubt about it um let's move on what is uh jack tosh holiday tournament at york, york. uh the 32 team marathon the never-ending tournament I get dizzy sometimes when I'm there, going from gym to gym. I spent a full day there going back and forth, then ran back and for the sole purpose for one game on another night, uh, St. Patrick. I went to go see them play and obliterate somebody. I can't remember who I watched them play. Um, St. Lawrence. St. Lawrence and, uh, after I watched them the first night. So I saw St. Pat's twice. And, Mike, I – if rankings are rankings and and i didn't know they're not in your top 25 they are a top 25 team they will be a top 25 team at some point uh just by i, I know they don't have the win over the the ranked team and they they didn't i don't think the conant score was that close i think it was double digits I 14 think. points um and they lost yeah. by 11 so, to de la salle that's why they're not in so, the ranking Ooh, now there's after watching de la salle there's your argument for not having St. Pat's. Um, now, is that Thanksgiving time? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I, I'm just saying this is a different breed of St. Pat's <laughs> basketball. Uh, they they play fast. They are athletic. They score points. I, I put a tweet out um, where St. Pat's last year scored over 65 points, I think two times all year last season. I think they've done it either seven or nine times already this season. Alton Thompson, a six foot four athletic wing. Xavier Pinson, Lawrence Merritt, very good. Merritt's a scoring guard, um, pint size little scoring guard. And uh, Xavier Pinson is a up and coming, smooth junior point guard. They've got athleticism, I said, some depth. They've got some shooting. I, I, I did not think they would contend in the East Suburban Catholic. They'll contend. They, I'm not saying they're going to win it, but they are my one team that is clearly better than what I, I think I ranked them my massive top 65. I am 46 in the preseason. doesn't mean a whole lot, but nonetheless, I think they are probably the, the best team that I didn't think, uh, well, it's just better than I, I thought they would be. You know, that that's funny because 
if you remember last year, I came back saying all these things after I saw them at Ridgewood. I, I was very there. It was them in Lincoln Park. I thought played tremendously. All those guys were there except for Thompson, you know, the, the new big guy. And then they just didn't back it up with their play the rest of the season. They were younger. Maybe they will this year. But the scores are a little worrisome from when they played the good teams. So I'm wondering if they're going to live up to it this year, if they can actually be as good as they look. We'll see. They have plenty of chances in the East Suburban Catholic. Uh, and they definitely beat it. up on the teams they should beat. I mean, that's that's for sure. I mean, the the the, the domination that they've showed in those games, at least. Um, oh, what's your second? Uh, this is just kind of off the this. This team, Brother Rice, is going to be a oh boy a thorn and in, yeah. in it's what that's the same as mine again. Uh, <laughs> I guess I'm going first next time. <laughs> all right, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, 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 but I, but not so much Brother Rice. It's more Bobby Frazier. So I'll I'll let you talk more about Brother Rice. I I this is one of the really good young coaches in high school basketball, and sometimes. We are waiting for those guys to emerge and develop. You know, over the last five, six years, you know, Gene Heitkamp has emerged as one of the elite coaches, if not the best in the state of Illinois. I mean, we have a lot of different examples of this. And Bobby Frazier is really young. He's a Brother Rice star, former star, and went to play at North Carolina. And watching his team play, I, I, I tweeted about this while I was at the York tournament. I like his demeanor on the sideline how he's composed. I like how hard his team plays. I like how they play with their, their, their passing, their spacing, their, uh, how they overachieve with, you know, they have decent talent, not off the charts talent. They have no size. So I, I just think Bobby Frazier is, is one of the real bright young high school basketball coaches. And, and as I love the fact that he's, back where he played, back in the neighborhood of where he, you know, he was. And, and I think that's really cool. And, and that's just the one take I took after watching Brother Rice at York. That's a fantastic take. That, that's a really good point. I mean, you're right. We, we lost a lot of great coaches in the last two years just to retirement. So, yeah, to see somebody like that, Dante Maddox is doing the exact same thing over at Bloom. We didn't talk about Bloom really enough, I guess, on the Pontiac thing. But he's a Bloom grad. Led them to that big win over Joliet West. They beat Peoria Emanuel. They beat Danville, the team that beat Curie. And they lost to Simeon. I mean, what a great run for another second-year coach. And the same things you were saying about Bobby Frazier uh, apply to Maddox. That his sideline demeanor is perfect. You can t- he's getting the most out of a team that doesn't have a ton of great talent. So, yeah, you're right. It, it is nice to see young coaches really coming up like that. Uh, my brother Rice thing was kind of going to be more <clears throat> focused on Josh Niego who um, during the tournament averaged 18.3 points per game and shot 46% from three. I mean, that's the kind of thing Brother Rice is going to need, a dependable star like that to maybe get them over the hump. Because as Joe said, the job Fraser is doing, if you look back on their resume, you know they have a significant chunk of games now. They're 12-3. and three. They've only lost to the teams they should have lost to. And they've kept those games pretty close. You know, the Conant game was nine points. You know, we saw most teams could not do that um, over the holidays. They only lost to Oak Park by three. The Joliet West game got away from a little bit. That was at Joliet West. They lost by 13. But then you look at the other things. They got a win over a nice Sandberg team. They beat Providence, who went on a nice run at York. They've beaten Thornwood. 
Uh, they beat Lincoln Way East early in the season, who really is one of those kind of under-the-radar teams that's pretty good, and a nice win over Crete Moni. So, yeah, Brother Rice is definitely a team to watch, and if Niego keeps shooting like that, um, they're going to be able to pull off an upset or two this season. And that sets up a potential, not potential, a definite matchup, but a fun one when they play Marist. Um, that, that game's always one of the more fun games to be at if nobody's ever attended one. The, 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 they're close by, rivalry. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's awesome. Yeah, you better uh, get there early. That'll sell out. And this year, ooh. Yeah, that's going to be spectacular. Uh, my other take was um, St. Pat's, too. I guess we both went into that because, yeah, everybody – it's not just you. I was getting raves about them through the whole tournament from everyone. And I'm just wondering if they're going to back it up. They have to win these games. And, well, yeah, and, and they – in your defense of not ranking them, you – there aren't – Aside from St. Pat's and Conant, eh, maybe down or south, there wasn't. There's not a for sure team that is going to be in that top 25 this year. I mean, Conant is going to be. I mean, they're going to be a mainstay, I think, and 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 or as they work their way through the season. But that was their matchup. They, they you know to show that they could beat a team that was preseason ranked in the top 25 and has some Division One players and has big expectations and veterans and experience and. They didn't get it done. So If they'd have kept it within 10, they might have gotten the 25 spot over Notre Dame. It was down to those two, but the 14-point loss was just too much um, for me. Let, all right, let's move it on to Hinsdale Central. I'll let you go first. Yeah, okay. Um, you know, I wasn't there, so I don't like to speak bad of things when I wasn't there. But, man, just looking at the bracket and watching the matchups, I feel like it kind of fell flat that Stevenson and St. Charles East lose and really let this tournament down. And thing, the matchups just weren't as enticing going the whole way through, including the title game, which, I mean, you don't, you have to, if you are a tournament organizer, you have to do everything possible to keep your title matchup from being a conference game. I mean, that it should not have been able to work out like that, especially when those are the two teams I think we picked to be in it. You know what I mean? Well, it, yeah, but I mean, a tournament organizer can't control the playing for the championship. Yeah, you they just can't have them. No, opposite. They don't don't put them in the opposite sides of the bracket. It has to happen earlier if it happens. Well, well you can't do no. Oh, they do that not all the time. Not when they're the clearly the two best teams. I I would be I would be like complaining and moaning in our pre-holiday tournament saying why are these brackets so messed up well that bracket wasn't yeah no you, you can't do it it just it has no that's not what we're no, looking I just think at holiday it's bad basketball break, unfortunate and you just hope and pray they don't play each other yeah i mean you have a better you have a least better chance of them playing each other in this way of them getting upset than they would yeah but it can't be your show, this, you can't be your showcase what, game it can't be your where do you want them to play them at in the semis so you want DePaul prep to play a Marian Catholic in the semis and have no championship game of the two best teams. Well, ideally, St. Charles East would have been, you know, they turned it on the other direction. But, yeah, you just you can't have it happen. That's not what the holiday tournaments are about. You have well, to I make agree sure. with I, – I prefer and don't like it, but I don't – I don't – I agree with your organization of a tournament if, if you're just going to completely try to avoid that. Yeah. I mean, they're the two best teams. I don't know if that was the case going in. That that Homewood Flossmoor was definitely the second best team. What? They beat Marion we, we, in six we both, overtime, we, and we both picked them. Yeah, yeah, but I'm just saying it, it's not like they're that much better than everybody that they had to be on opposite sides of the bracket. Oh yes, they did. Come on. Yeah, I, I don't think so at all. Yeah, um, we'll agree to disagree. Especially on when that you're trying sure. to. It, it's important. 
No one Hinsdale Central has no identity. No one knows but what they, it is. I just don't have any. I, you saying they have control over it? I'm saying they don't have control over it. That's what I'm saying. But they they don't even seed there. They just do what they want. How do they not have control over it? Because what you're saying to control it by, I don't agree with. You're saying play them in the second round or the semifinals. Semis, yeah. I don't see a difference. It's just it's no way to build a tournament. You you got to get buzz around your tournament. People have to care. That's just not a game that's going to do that for you. My mm. my second uh, take. How about Westinghouse out of that Hinsdale Central turn? I mean, they even gave give a heck of a game um, to uh, what do you call it in the um, second round? Fifty three forty six. Yeah, yeah, and and that was they, they were leading. Uh, you know, I was watching the whole live scoring thing. I think for most of the first half. They were ahead. Bolingbroke came back at the end and won it. But Westinghouse, I mean, talk about a, a good team that's not in the Super 25. I mean, they lost to Morton early, but since then their losses are Farragut, North Lawndale, and Bolingbroke. Um, had a nice win over Hinsdale Central to round out their tournament. Um, had a nice win over Lincoln Park to beat them by 10. Um, Westinghouse, they don't have a lot of fancy names for Corian Rushin, who we, we all know, but they got a lot of kids who play hard. They're battle tested, and there's not a lot happening locally in 3A. So I, I think yeah. they, they could be a very dangerous playoff team. Corian Rushin is, I mean, come on, college coaches. I mean, <laughs> he's a 6'6 kid who gets things done. He's athletic, long. He's, he's a bona fide scholarship kid without a whole lot going. So. He, he he should be recruited by lower Division One schools. Um, even Division Two should be just courting him and dying to get their hands on him. And and he's doesn't he's got not enough going recruiting wise. Yeah, and I think Westinghouse that HF besides for the HF game, Westinghouse played him closest of anybody all season. It was just that that seven point loss. Um, my takes uh, one one is Bolingbroke. You know, I, they they did. I mean, they did beat Westinghouse by seven, which I think is their closest game of the year. Uh, they pounded Marion Catholic. They were beaten up on HF before a late, late HF. I think they were up by 20. Uh, I, I just – they still have yet to play what we would consider one of the – a, a true state contender. But I keep going – every time I watch them, I went over to Hinsdale Central and I came away my – and I sat with two college coaches, and and they were sitting with me, and they're like, "Good goodness, this 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 team looks like a college team." And you know, with their size, their speed, their athleticism, it is so tough. If they're playing on all cylinders and playing all out, th- this is a, as good of a team that's out there. And they did what they had to do. They didn't stub their toe. They didn't, you know, really come close to losing for the most part. I, I, I just, I'm just impressed with this Bolingbroke with the route they've taken, even though they have yet to beat one of the elite teams. Uh, we'll see that when they play Joliet West uh, later this month. But I was just impressed that, that, that Bolingbroke continues to make strides, even though I, yeah, obviously I've written about him and touted him as being this, uh, you know, Rob Brost, uh, coach of Bolingbroke said, Joe, you're making it sound like the, the Lakers in the eighties. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I just, I just really like this group and the way they're playing. My second take is, well, it kind of goes against what you were saying. I, 
I get the feel that this tournament is just kind of piecing things together, which you would expect in year two. And they're still trying to create an identity, no doubt about that, like you said. They, we have talked about, I think we talked about in our preview of the holiday tournaments, there's this, it's almost like it's a divorce of holiday tournaments. Hinsdale, a bunch of their teams left, and Joe Spagnolo has started, you know, running this thing at Hinsdale Central, who ran Proviso West for years. But I just see more so than a lot of other tournaments the potential that this tournament has. I mean, down the road. I mean, it's not going to be overnight. You can't do that overnight. But I, I can see them becoming a major player on the holiday tournament scene. It. And they, they got a, some quirks they got to work on and, and things, but the crowds were much better than – there was nobody there last year. I mean, I, I went on two separate days, uh, and the crowds were just paltry. It was just bad. I mean, they weren't great, but they were clearly better. I don't know what their attendance numbers were the last night um, or the semifinal night, but – you know they were clearly better. I, I think they're they've got some reputable programs that are consistently pretty good. When you talk about a Stevenson or an HF or a Rockford Auburn and Bolingbrook and Marion Catholic and and they've got teams that are going to be good in the future with St. Charles East being really young, DePaul Prep being really young, and I think they're going to be aggressive, Mike, and and maybe adding a team or two. And if you add a team or two to this mix and you, you keep tweaking things here and there it's, it's extremely well organized as you would expect and it, it's just a a solid tournament that's that's i think is gaining some traction yeah i haven't talked to ty streets about it um but I, it's perceived they gotta leave yeah the they? thorntons on the move but that's not a good fit for this tournament they've already got i, I, too I, I much. don't disagree with that yeah. um i mean it's a name but then you've got you got Marion Catholic, South Suburbs, uh, Crete Moni, yeah, Crete Moni, Richards. I mean, I mean, one of the, a couple of these teams are going to be leaving if if other teams are coming in. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I they they need. I actually talked to them and I said, you know what, you need you need a, you need a public league power. You need a public league team uh, with some name recognition. You don't have. I mean, Westinghouse. Um, you know, did, did well, but I mean, that one that's going to be a consistent, you know, high level winner. Yeah, and, Kenwood is the team. If they could yeah. get Kenwood in here, um, that would right. add a lot. For sure. Kenwood, yeah. I know I've talked to you guys. Come on, get back in the state. <laughs> nobody, nobody. I, I feel bad for the Kenwood team right now. I honestly do because they have. We haven't talked about them. They don't. They're playing. I think they played. Have they played four, five out of state games now. They've played teams from seven different states. I counted. So yesterday. they have seven out-of-state games. Yeah, well, six because one of those states is Illinois, so six. Yeah. I mean, I mean, nobody. We talked about this in the past. Nobody cares when you're playing. I mean, if you're going to an event like Evanston went to, or that schedule that Young played when they had Jaleel Okafor and Simeon, when you're and even to a degree going out east to play it, you know where Stevenson did with Brunson. I, I get all that, but just to go play meaningless. I don't say meaningless. I, I, games that nobody follows, cares about, or knows that what's happening, it, it doesn't really do anything for your program. And I, I think Kenwood, I, I, I believe Kenwood has, has maybe seen that, and I think they will be playing in-state next holiday tournament team. Do you think it's possible that because they have so many transfers, 
the teams aren't exactly lining up to play them locally? Well, I mean, you talking, but I'm talking about just strictly the tournament. Yeah, but I mean, uh, I'm talking Kenway. I mean, it's not just the tournament. They've been out and uh, about all. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, uh, I, I don't know either, but I think it's curious that you oftentimes you see teams that take a lot of local transfers travel a lot, and I don't think that's a coincidence. I just the, the first thing, if you're not playing in one of these really marquee elite holiday deals, um, and, and you are a, a an elite program that you know is bound to get a lot of notoriety by playing in one of these events. I mean, just look what we what we're doing today. I mean, we're not even talking about yeah. Kenwood now. We're talking about Kenwood because they're not in a tournament. So I guess we're not talking about them. Yeah. But get them back here. I mean, get get three four games in at a. At a marquee event here in state and uh it's just great for name recognition as well for your program yeah you couldn't be more right anyone that doesn't think that pontiac played a large part in helping to make curie a power is crazy um curie was not a power when they showed up at pontiac and getting that chance to play simeon and get your name involved with them and be in one of the biggest tournaments no doubt helped mike oliver really get that program uh to where it is uh onto wheeling um Notre Dame, Niles, Notre Dame. Uh, we think we, you know, can't decide on them. <laughs> but even in defeat, I, I think they might be as good as maybe a lot of people thought they would. Matt Stritzel, a, a guard for Notre Dame, is, is kind of an unsung guy for that team. They talk, we talk about their size and and the potential of Jamiro Wilson, but but the Stritzel kid has has been rock solid for Niles, Notre Dame, and uh, they made it all the way to the championship game. Um, where they played Fremd. Nobody beats Fremd ever. No, nobody. So <laughs> you are looking at a team. I think again, another East suburban Catholic team that that kind of showed well. They 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 knocked off Waukegan in the semifinals, and before losing to Fremd, I can't remember that championship game score. Wasn't it, wasn't it? it tight? Oh yeah, that's yeah. That's why they're in the rankings. They lost fifty four to fifty three in overtime. Yeah. And so it, I, it should be noted that they played Fremd on the seventeenth. And lost by 14 points, so they've flipped it around. Yeah, so I mean, I think Notre Dame's just not a, I wouldn't say a rival, but just um, you know they have a solid record. But now they got a little bit more um, equity built up with me uh, with with what they've done here in the Holly Tournament. And then my second one is is Fremd, uh, and particularly with what is to come. I wrote about this prior to the holiday tournament season of of the unbeaten's. And now them getting through this tournament, it's even a bigger reality, although Conant, I think, is back to playing a little higher level. This is one team that can run the table. And it's partly due to the schedule they play. They don't have a whole lot non-conference-wise. Their league is, other than Conant, eh. So they get Conant at home. But when we're looking at some teams that can go undefeated, you know, Fremd has a shot, uh, a better shot than anybody out there who's undefeated and it remains unbeaten and i i just think we've talked a lot about friend leading up to that i just wanted to make the point that they they could run this table or run the table yeah i had a tough time with them and bolingbrook in the rankings you know everyone's excited about bolingbrook they passed the look test and all that but resume wise friends is so strong you know the two wins over notre dame and the big win over conant you know they, and they really dominated that game and those are really strong local wins and they're unbeaten like bolingbrook um, so, yeah, definitely Fremd is, it seems, for real. Uh, my first take was also Notre Dame. 
Of course. Um, you know, they really proved it. You know, I didn't have them in the rankings. They got in at 25 this week. And they did exactly what they needed to do. No shame in that loss to Frem. So, yeah, I agree. I think they definitely are one of those teams that took a step forward, as illustrated by losing by one point to Frem instead of, what was it, 14 or 16? Uh, my second take out of Wheeling is about Waukegan. Uh, they're basically the, the bogan of the suburbs. Uh, a really young team that can play really well and then can just drop some. And you just don't know what team you're going to see night to night with them, but they're dangerous. I mean, they stuck with that Notre Dame game. I think they lost by yeah, they lost by seven points. Ended the tournament with a nice win over Libertyville. Bryant Brown had some very big games uh, in the tournament for them. So I think Waukegan is one of those teams you got to keep an eye on come March when a lot of these young kids, you know, have that other year under their belt. And they really don't have a bad loss. You know, they've lost to North Lawndale, and that game was pretty close. They lost to Libertyville, which they've since avenged, and prospect in Notre Dame. So it's not like they're really playing horribly, but I guess their high is real high, and their low is kind of low, much like Bogan. But we need to keep an eye on Waukegan for sure. I think I'm gonna, I might see him this week. Um, they play Zion Benton. And that wraps up the, the, the five, uh, five big tournaments. Uh, we're going to... Just kind of, we're going to go back and forth here, a little uh, give and take as far as some other odd ends, odd end tidbits, things from around the state, holiday tournament time. My first one is, uh, speaking of unbeatens, Mike, Jacobs, we didn't really discuss ever the Jacobs holiday tournament. They're kind of right along here, undefeated, no one's really talking about them. They got Cameron Crutwig, and, uh, who's a Loyola recruit, all-state type, you know, six eight six nine kid in the middle. And some really solid veterans from a 20-plus win team that returned from last year's team. So I fully expect them to beat everyone they play leading up to their matchup. You know, we're going to critique and criticize the schedule they play. Only so much you can do with hosting your own holiday tournament as well as the conference you're in. But Hillcrest later this month will be a big test. Hillcrest has not lived up to the early season ranking, but nonetheless it's going to be an athletic team a big test for Jacobs, but you know, they're undefeated and uh, a little pub for them right now. Yeah, definitely. Um, I watched the game against Zion Benton on the cube um, at home. <laughs> it was kind of neat. And yeah, they, they shot the ball. Well, you know, it was in their gym, but that's what I wanted to see from them. Cause uh, we know Crutwig's pretty unstoppable, but it looks like they've got some shooters. Um, I think the first thing we should mention uh, outside of the area is Marist, who we hit on a little bit in the brother rice talk, but they went down to Centralia and they won. They're also unbeaten. Joe, have you ever remembered this many unbeaten teams? This no, time, and this uh, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. and, and I, I, I got a column or a piece coming out. In addition to those unbeaten, we got two teams: uh, Evanston and Kenwood, who have only lost two out-of-state teams. So I think that's six unbeaten's plus those two, eight teams. That's that's a that's a ridiculous number. <laughs> it's crazy, but yeah, Marist. You know, I've harped on their schedule a lot, which is horrendous. But we got to see some them against some good teams. We got the numbers from the Champagne Central win, obviously good. They beat a, a good Belleville West team, but they were close games. So I don't know if Marist is a top five. I'm not even sure if they're a top ten quality team, but they did at least prove that they are a Super Twenty Five team. You know, they deserve a top fifteen or so ranking. And they're going to be a fun one to keep an eye on. I saw a new name come up besides from Morgan Taylor and Maurice Commander. And the uh, I guess a fourth name came up playing well that I don't remember from last year. So it would be interesting to see uh, kind of how Marist goes on from here. No, I, 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 those wins, I mean, I, I 
as you in justified criticize your schedule and and I, we have poked fun at a little bit um but there was still the what you knew about them their talent and myself hadn't seen them play in the summer and so forth you know i i knew they were pretty legitimate i mean they were you know morgan taylor mike is is a really unsung junior i mean nobody talks about him in that junior class he's a talented stat sheet stuff and guard and um really good really nice piece for them uh i got a way out of the ballpark uh tidbit here took us 50 podcast episodes to mention andrew basketball but um andrew went down the only reason i mention is this mike that 2013 2014 uh they won six games dave wilson takes over as coach obviously a downtrodden program as i've mentioned in, in a tweet just this week, but uh, four and twenty-three first year, eight and nineteen last year. So that's eight. I'm gonna do my math. Eighteen wins in the last three years. Uh, they are ten and four now. They're gonna not pass the Michael Bryan strength of schedule test, but uh, for a team that 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 is just trying to get their head above water and put together wins, they're ten and four. They've won eight straight. They're two and zero oh in their conference with a game this Friday with Thornton. Now the T-Bolts will probably be a double-digit underdog here to, to Thornton. But just uh, they went down and won the Kankakee Holiday Tournament. So a program that just really is pretty lackluster has been revived a little bit, and they got 10 wins. And in, they are in a sectional. I just was curious. They're in a sectional over at Lincoln Way East where after you look at the top two or three teams – I mean, it's anybody. If you look at that group of teams, anybody can win a regional. Um, trying to avoid those top two teams, but uh, so just a, just a, uh, just a little bit of love here for Andrew as uh, we head into the new year. Nice. Yeah, I guess we weren't podcasting during the Etikoya days. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's too bad. Um, got him. It's kind of a shame it took us this long to mention them, but Wheaton Warrenville South. They knocked oh, that was my off, next one. Yeah, they knocked off North Lawndale, which basically throws the uh, entire world, flips it over on its head. You know, congratulations to them. That's a team. I, I was pretty public after everyone saw them. I wasn't sure they were, didn't think they were a Super 25 team necessarily. You know, they proved me wrong, definitely with that win. Also got a nice win. Uh, they kind of crushed Zion Benton. I think that score was bad. They came up a little short to the Steelmen in the title game, which, I mean... It, I was a little surprised by that. I wasn't sure if Joliet was going to be able to do it. Joliet beat him by eight. But I think Wheaton Warrenville South deserves a lot. Mike Healy deserves a lot of credit for what he's got going on over there with that program. And, I mean, who would have thought back in November that Wheaton South is going to knock off? Everyone's – remember how hip it was to like North Lawndale early in the season? The entire city was yeah. in love with that team. And well, I, and, <laughs> and, you know, I, and May, Wheaton Warrenville South, you made me leave Pontiac. And <laughs> uh, on that night, and I ran down, you know, between sessions in Pontiac or, or, or the, the night game, which turned out – you know when you plan out these holiday tournament roadmaps and getting here and there and – you're not sure where to go, and then the matchups change. Anyway, this this particular night worked out great for me, which never happens. I ran down, watched North Lawndale and Wheaton South, which is a really good game. Uh, I, you know, to watch that game from a basketball purist standpoint, where you have a totally two different styles. I, I ran into this basketball junkie down in that I see every year down in Bloomington, and I went and talked to him for five minutes at halftime, and he said made a great thing. He goes, you know what? 
I love or I hate watching Wheaton South play. I can't remember who he said. Just basically another team just like them. But I love watching him play like North Lawndale. And he was right. <laughs> yeah. it, it was a, you know, two completely different teams, two different looks as far as style and system and the way they go about it. And it was a seesaw back and forth, runs back and forth, and it ended up a little higher scoring than I even thought. And Wheaton South, you know, took care of them rather handily. So, uh, and a kid on their team was really unsung, not talked about at all, is Dylan Durrett. Yeah. He's a 6'3 senior. He was just, I mean, he was the best player on the floor in this game against North Lawndale, even though Carlos Hines was really good. Dylan Durrett just was a silent killer and and really kind of led them in a lot of different ways in that matchup. So, yeah, Wheaton South, um, it's come out of nowhere, been, I think, probably... I'd probably say them and Friend are probably the two biggest surprises. Yeah, D- Dylan Durrett was fantastic against Naperville North when I covered them, and I watched most of the title game at Bloomington, and he was the best player on the floor in the loss to Joliet Central, too. I think he had 17 points. So, yeah, he's definitely somebody. I think it's fair to say he's making a kind of under-the-radar case for all area. I think he's going to be a yeah. kid we're going to have to look at, um, which is a, I didn't even know his name when the season started. I mean, are, are, is, are we going to look at Wheaton South and – March 3rd going into the state tournament at like 26 and 2. I think so. I mean, yeah, they're going to have their own. The MLK yeah. thing is loaded. Yeah, it's going to so, be very yeah. difficult. But Other than that, uh, yeah, it's going to be rough. You know, um, they're, they're clearly emerged the favorite in the DuPage Valley Conference. And uh, that's just a, it's a fun story to keep an eye on. Yeah. I think we also, we have to mention this because there is no team that won a major tournament that we have spoken about less all season than Joliet Central. I think they deserve their five minutes of glory here. What were they, I think they were the four or five seed at the mm-hmm. um, at the Bloomington tournament, all the way through to the win. Jose Grubbs, he's a great defender. He scores too, but he just does so many things. He almost led an upset of Joliet West in the playoffs last year. Um, I, I was at that game. Grubbs is just he's a fantastic high school player. Does a lot. Jason Bingham, little guard, transferred back to Central from Joliet West. Um, he scored 14 in the title game. I think he's kind of the difference. Well, we didn't think this team was going to have kind of that dynamic guard. Um, Cameron Blackman is another name. He's played really well. And uh, Jojo McNair, who was the uh, football star uh, for the Steelman, led him to their first win. He's turned out to be he's a great athlete. He's 6'3 kid. He's rangy. He, he's kind of that X factor that every kind of team needs, does the dirty work, defends. And that kind of describes Juliet Central overall. It's a lot of kids, much like Wheaton South, who have bought in. You know, you know, to Larry Thompson's system, they play just tremendous defense. That's what Wheaton Warrenville South kept talking about after the game was they were the Joliet Central was the first team this year that really locked them down. So congrats, congrats to Joliet Central. Their only loss is to Manuka, and they avenged that loss. They killed Manuka a couple weeks ago. So they're a team that no one really thought much about at all headed in the year. Larry Thompson is doing a tremendous job. It's turned out to be a really good fit. He's the old Lockport coach, and it's going to be a lot of fun when they finally do play Joliet West at the end of the season. I caught half of their game before I left. They play Muhammad in the semi or semifinal, and I walked out. Just the one thing that jumped out at me is just how hard they were played. Um, they really are getting after it, and you know they don't have. I mean, Grubbs is just a kind of a jack of all trades. They're super small. They they have very little size. And they are they are your classic overachieving group that's getting it done. And 
uh, like you said, kudos to them for for being that team that we haven't talked about at all for what are they ten and one, eleven and one, twelve and one? I mean, um, yeah, twelve. Early, just a real quick. Can what what would you right now anticipate that matchup with Joliet West looking like? Like a bloodbath, a no. Uh, it's the same group of kids in Joliet Central almost beat them last year. So I would, I think it's at. I didn't check. It's going to depend where it is. If it's at Central, I think Central wins. Um, big big home court advantage at the barn. Um, at West, I think West handles it. But I think that one's going to depend on where it is. So the best basketball in Joliet since what year? Uh, well, they have <laughs> two teams. That's before my time. I wouldn't even know. Uh, they well, were, I mean, even once, I mean, I, I just, your oh, recollection of the best. 2000 when we were the number one team. Yeah. All right. I would say. Um, any, anything else? I, we didn't hit on Thornton and the Dipper. Thornton breezed through that bracket. Alonzo Verge didn't play in the first game, but then he scored like 30 points in all the other games. Have you heard uh, any talk of the Dipper not happening next year? Or I have not. I, I heard about Thornton possibly leaving. Um, just rumors and stuff, but no, I, I, I haven't. You know, I did hear that the, for the people who went, first of all, the crowds were tremendous. I heard they might have even sold out the title game. I mean, so it's ridiculous that we don't have a functioning high-level basketball tournament in the south suburbs in the holidays, that those fans are starved for basketball. Um, I think the crowds proved it. But I heard that, you know, the people running it, the hospitality was good. You know, people felt well taken care of there. They just haven't brought in the basketball teams. You know, it, it's a shame. Yeah. I got. I just looked something up, Mike. I need you to fix this for me. Joliet West is at Joliet Central, uh, February eighteenth. Yeah, it sucks. The, the date is not good. Yeah. No, it's the time. The, according to the schedule, you know what tip-off time is? Four. One thirty p.m. Oh. You cannot play. You complain about HF playing Bolingbroke in a championship game. I'm complaining about the biggest game in Joliet being it's, at one thirty. I come on, one yeah, thirty. Like it's like Rich South through Central. There's too much going on around it. They always play that in the afternoon too. Ah, oh, huge buzzkill. Yeah, one thirty p.m. You know, high school afternoon game. I guess I'd seen that when I looked at the schedule at the beginning of the season, but then I didn't think about it again. But yeah, uh, it is. It is too bad. But what's what's wrong with at least four? Yeah, that's what I assumed. So they could get in when it was still light out. Um, All right. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, one yeah, thirty is strange. You can double All up, right. Joe. You, you can head to another game afterwards. <laughs> we uh, true. We uh, we may have broke a record. Yeah, it was kind of long. A little long, but. That's all right. A, there was a to ton of it. action. Yeah, we did, we did our best. Thanks, everybody, if you're still listening, <laughs> for uh, holding on all the way to the end. We should have hit the Steelman earlier. They, they, they deserved it. They mentioned. But we will be back next week. More of a regular stuff. It's kind of a slow week. No CPS um, conference play. There's some good um, suburban matchups. I am going to go see Justin Fox. By the time you listen to this, I will have a complete report on Justin Fox from Dwight. So uh, thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody.